Very welcome back to uh, Tip Today. Uh, Brian was on to us. He says, your guest has raised an issue regarding trans, which debunks her own argument. Gender is a medically proven fact that you're born either male or female, and this applies to all mammals. Uh, Transgender is an ideological concept, and that is if you remove the thought process from a person, you can medically assess them as male or female by their chromosome. And that's a fact, and uh, that's in from Brian. He goes on to give us more uh, explanation on that as well, Um, as far as he's concerned. uh, Fran, the smaller the mind, the greater the fear. Most of this issue isn't relevant to the majority of people listening, so technically it's not even an issue they should be involved in. Let it be the issue for people who have children and are concerned, but also let those people educate themselves and allay uh, the fear rather than sweep it under the carpet, as was the case in the country for many, many decades. Um, uh, Let me see. My good friend Joe Noble was on to say good morning, Fran. I got a lovely present for International Women's Day. I got my appointment to see the surgeon next month and I got a letter yesterday telling me that if my hip gets worse, I have to go for an operation. And uh, this morning I got my appointment. So I think the one that sends out the letters are more wired to the moon than me, (laughs) says Joe, who's on to us today. Joe, lovely to hear from you and happy International Women's Day uh, to you as well. Okay, lots more coming in on this. As I say, some of it I just can't read out because it's, it's, it's personal and it's taking people to task and it's calling names and all sorts of stuff. Anyway, let us go out and about because our reporter, Alison Highland, is on the road for us once again this morning. Ali, where are you? Good morning, Fran. I'm here in Thurles and I'm at a gamer's paradise this morning. I'm at the National Games Flag that's being held in Toos in Thurles, where students are showcasing the games that they have designed and developed uh, with the hopes of impressing judges, some very high-profile judges here today. But just to give us the background and to tell us more about it, I'm joined by Dr. Liam Noonan, who's Programme Coordinator of Games Development and lecturer here at Toos as well. Liam, a fantastic event, your 20th year. Yeah, Alison, we're, yes, we are. It's 20 amazing years. Um, we've had snowstorms, we've had COVID. I was checking the weather forecast this morning and AA Roadwatch. Today it's all great, it's all a relatively calm day. Um, we have students from Dublin, Athlone, Limerick, Maynooth. Um, we have judges from Galway, uh, we have judges from Romero Games and Electronic Arts here. We have uh, Microsoft, Adscribe. DraftKings, as industry judges all coming down. We're celebrating 20 years of making games. So we all know how to play games, but there's a huge job opportunities in making games. And this is what this whole competition started off 20 years ago. How do we use games to encourage people to, to code? Yeah, and I mean, it's an industry that has really grown, and I can't imagine the growth you've seen it, in it in 20 years. I mean, could you have imagined 20 years ago that we'd have VR now? No, you couldn't. And Price Waterhouse Coopers predict the market to be worth $326 billion a year next year. Um, cinema industry is about $46 billion, you know, so it's... Um, we are multiples now of the movie industry. We passed out the movie industry about four years ago, and we took off. And COVID and streaming and online gaming, I think, the big, the, the, I think the big winners were, the, were all the online kind of the FIFAs, the, uh, all those games that you could play online because you couldn't leave the house. So what were you going to do? You're going to have the chats with your friend online and you're going to play the games online. And as well as that, I mean, the, the development of mobile phones, I'm sure, has been hugely beneficial in that regard because it's not just console-based anymore. No, no, it's fantastic. Uh, desktop PCs and mobile phones are amazing. The power we now have 
Um, so what's happening now is there's 3,000 games a day being released to the mobile platforms a day. Like That many? That many, yeah, 3,000 a day minimum, maybe closer to four at this stage. Our students plug their phone into their computer and they press upload after they've built their game and it's on their phone. Then it's on the Google Play Store and then they can get their cousin Bob in, in Sydney, Australia to play the game. Yeah. And it's um, the technology is far more affordable than it was. If you think back to the early 80s with the Atari 2600s and Morris Pratt selling them online, they were three or four times the price of an Xbox and the Xbox game. So everything has come down in price. You can buy uh, very affordable hardware for less than for about 400 euros and build your own games. I, to be fair, I don't know a house that doesn't have some sort of games console in it now. No, they don't. They don't. Um, a lot of houses uh, will even uh, they would have the Xbox, the Playstations, the Nintendo Switch, the Nintendo Wii. Remember bowling on the Nintendo Wii? Yeah. So back to my generation, the Atari 2600. The, or the Commodore. Remember the Commodore? 64. <laughs> I wrote games for the Commodore 64, the Sinclair Spectrum. The Atari 2600, um, we grew up with them, we grew up with them, except for me to write games in the 80s and show my age again was difficult, now it's so much easier. Tell me about the FLA then today, how many um, applications are there, how many people are, are showcasing today and taking part? So we have 20 different teams showcasing upstairs here in our gallery and they've built games in their years 2 to years 4, they come from four different campuses at the, and downstairs we have another competition in the conference centre and we have six different campuses taking part in a first year only programming event, programming software tanks in Java. It's a bit like, it's a, it's a knockout, two software tanks on the screen, the winner gets a point and the first of three wins the round. It's like Champions League, you know, round robin and we will have winners. So. We also have visiting schools. We have schools from all around the area doing coding workshops with my colleagues as well throughout the morning. And then we have a number of industry speakers in the afternoon. We have Brenda Romero, BAFTA award-winning game designer, giving a talk. And we have um, uh, Keith O'Connor from Romero Games giving a, a junior coder survival guide to the industry. We also have... Uh, EA giving a talk and John Romero and I are sitting down because Doom is 30 years old. I have a fireside chat about Doom. That's bad. And we're hoping to speak to, to hopefully Brenda in a little bit uh, and bring in International Women's Day into it as well because she really broke the glass ceiling when it comes to women in gaming, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, Brenda's an award, BAFTA award winning game designer. She's a fantastic advocate for girls in IT. She's, um, she's always telling us we can do better. Why aren't we doing better? And she's dead right to challenge us and to you know, make us think about it. And... Um, I think Brenda, we need more people like Brenda to go out to tell parents, to tell schools that the IT industry is an equal opportunities employer. Absolutely. And do you know what, Fred? I'm feeling bad now for telling my lads at home to get off the games because here would really inspire you. But just to speak to some of the game designers, uh, Mary is with me now. Mary, you're a fourth year student here and this isn't your first rodeo. You came away with awards from this previously. Yeah, so Games Flat last year, we got uh, two awards for our game. It was a group game last year. This year, I'm just in on my own. You're solo. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Tell me about your game. Uh, so the game this year is an endless runner. So that's one where you just kind of think subway servers, that yeah, kind of... Reminding me of Temple Run. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very similar to that. So it goes kind of on forever and it increases in difficulty over time. Things get faster, there's more obstacles to avoid, that kind of stuff. What I loved about yours then, um, even though it is, you know, it's similar to Temple Run, but yours is a lot more sophisticated in that the ground moves and you can change, you could run on the ceiling essentially. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's a few cool mechanics in there that make it kind of a bit more unique compared yeah. to other games. So you can rotate around, run on the wall instead if the floor disappears, run on the ceiling if there's no walls to run on and rotate around. So because this isn't your first FLA then, were you approaching this one differently because maybe you knew what the judges are looking for, so you adapted your game towards that, or was it totally the game you wanted to design? Um, well, the game, this game was made for an assignment uh, last semester in four years, so um, it wasn't really aimed for games FLA, but it was a case of, oh, it turned out pretty good. Let's stick it in for games plan and see how we get on. And is this something that you want to do? Do you want to stay in games development? Um, I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Games development or software development. Yeah. Uh, either or. Kind of uh, the, the software industry is a bit bigger in Ireland, yeah. so it's harder to get jobs uh, in the games. But there's still a good few studios in Ireland, and it's only getting bigger as well. So don't know yet. And I know we're seeing students filing in now who are going to test out the games. What kind of reaction have you been getting to your game? Uh, it's pretty good so far, yeah. yeah. People, uh, they keep falling off the platforms because I've played it loads myself, know yeah. how to do it. But when uh, someone else new, new plays it, they start off in lower difficulties. But yeah, they've, they've been enjoying it so far. Is it lovely to see that, to see people enjoy something you've created? Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. certainly. Well, we wish you all the best with it today. Good luck. Um, now, uh, Douglas, actually, I might just speak to... Uh, sorry, I'll speak to Brenda first. Brenda, first of all, welcome to Tipperary. Welcome to Thurless. It's an honour to have you. A BAFTA award-winning designer. You're one of the judges here as well today. And happy International Women's Day, more importantly of all. Thank you so much. Same to you. Yeah, it's a, it's a great... You know, it's so important, I think, to celebrate the accomplishments of women. Like, I think about when I was in college, so I was in a computer science course, all of my lectures were men, all the people that were highlighted were men. Um, I was, now there were 30, about 30% 30 students that were women at the time, but still all the role models, all the mentors, everybody mentioned was men. So I think it's, this day is so important to be able to highlight the significant contributions of women in tech. Like the very first programmer, Ada Lovelace, was a woman. It's been a very slow growth, though, hasn't it? What, what do you put down to that? Well, you mean just to getting... With women in tech and women in gaming. Just to get the... You mean the names out yeah. there? Well, you know, I think it's it, it, in the 80s, like in the mid-80s, about 40% of the IT... About 40% of IT enrollment were women. And it's declined now to about 17, 18%. And I really think, like, when I, when I speak to large groups of women and I ask, how many of you have heard that IT is for boys? over half the audience will raise their hand. So I really think the easiest thing that we can possibly do is just to message, no, IT is for everybody. Yeah. IT is for everybody. You know, it's, it's critically important. You're giving a talk as well today, which is very fitting for International Women's Day. Could you tell us more about that? Well, I almost did. Um, <laughs> it is. So I'm, what I am talking about is... Um, is the critical role of women in tech yeah. and how many of, of the things that we are like, oh, that was really important, like compilers, that was invented by a woman, optimizing compilers, assembly language, um, Wi-Fi, um, so many things that we, um, like even the very first, uh, the, what we credit, like ENIAC was considered to be really the first computer that was coded by an all-female programming team. And one of those women is Kay McNulty, who is from County Donegal. Wow. You know, it actually came from the Goyle Talks. That's incredible. Yeah, so, so anyway, that's what I'm just doing because I want to make sure, like when I was in college, 
nobody mentioned any women. Nobody mentioned any contributions of women. So at least anybody who's here today will be like, wow, like we started this party and we invited everybody else. So that's oh, my goal. One of the games you would really be well known for is Doom. And that was created oh, no, that back... wouldn't be me. Oh, sorry, that was John Romero. We'll speak to John later on. I'll take credit. No, I won't take credit for it. <laughs> yeah, no, John, although certainly like that game, Doom is, Doom is a game that everybody knows about. Yeah. And just by my association with John, I certainly know a ton about the game. I would say for me, probably the biggest name games that I've worked on were, um, well, this one's an older game now, Wizardry, which is the inspiration for all the Final Fantasy games. And then probably Dungeons and Dragons, which... I loved that game. Yeah, well, I can't take... I worked on a digital version of Dungeons and Dragons. I can't take credit, certainly, for the original thing, but that's probably the biggest IP I've worked on. You're also one of the judges here today. What's your criteria? What are you looking for in a winning entry? I'm looking for, first of all, I'm looking for somebody using the language and using the tool well. So if, for instance, they're using a plug-and-play solution, are they really taking advantage of that? And are they are they living up to the challenge that, that all the students are facing? Are they on theme? And then I want to see, they need to be able to, the game has to have a clear vision. I shouldn't be looking at it going, what's going on? And we should be able to just jump in it, into it and play. You know, and that's what we've been doing. We give them a chance to discuss their game, and then one of the people, David, who's on our judging team, just says, can I have a go? Um, and yeah, and how, how well does his go go? Do you have a preference? Do you like simplicity in a game or do you like it to be very sophisticated? What's your own personal preference? Yes. <laughs> it depends on the game. Like, you know, I've certainly played a lot of hardcore strategy games, but I also love a game like one of my favorite games in recent years is called The Artful Escape. And you can't really even lose that game. Right. And I like story based games as well. So I I just appreciate a good game well made. Yeah. Brenda, it's great to talk to you. And again, welcome to Tipperary and happy International Women's Day. And we wish you all the best during your stay. Thank you so much. Uh, Fran, we're going to speak to some of the other uh, participants in the FLA this year. Um, and Douglas is here. Douglas, sorry, I'll just cut in here. Douglas, you're one of the um, contestants as well today in this competition. Could you tell me about your game? All right. <laughs> Uh, yes, it's a, f a Formula One game, which is, it was inspired by a brick game that I used to play when I was a kid. So I wanted to recreate something like that, but more colorful. I, so when we started the school learning about assembly, I thought, hey, this could be a, a good language to try that on. And then I went for that. Shortly after I had heard about the, uh, the, the convention that we have here. So I decided to make that game. It took me over a month and uh, since the beginning of February, yeah. the planning and understanding how assembly works, but the actual code, it went for more over two weeks. Was that the most difficult aspect of it than the coding? No, no. The, the, the coding was not the difficult part. The difficult part was understanding firstly how assembly works. Okay. Yes. And Because you do your software engineering, yes. you're not in gaming I'm essentially. Not in, I'm yeah. not in game, yes. Uh, that was another uh, part. Um, we, I'm, I'm in the web development space, so I'm working with Java, JavaScript, and, and uh, the like. Yes. Yeah. So when we're now taking on assembly, first of all is to learn how assembly language works. Now, second is to understand the game physics and how games work in the first place. So that took a lot more time yeah. than than the actual coding that that took place for the game. So when I then understood how it works, 
then it was a trial and error, trial and error, yeah. as I until I got the game finally running. Well, it looks fantastic. We wish you all the best with a good luck today. Um, another uh, contestant we're going to speak to, to this morning, friend, is Ishka. At Ishka, good morning to you. Could you tell us about your game? Your game is Catborg. Yeah. Um, basically, my game is Catborg. It's based around a team of friendship and teamwork. Do you know, like even in real life situations, teamwork is really important on going through challenges and stuff. And our game is basically um, built using Construct Tree. And there's two characters that you can control. Basically, the cat can kill the scorpion and you move him back and forth using the left and right arrow key. And since he's not endlessly running, um, you gotta like work together with a cyborg, which is the second character. And the cyborg basically can punch the um, blue enemy, which is the mummy. And he can jump up, but he's endlessly running, so like you can't really move him back and forth now. So you gotta like make sure that like both of the characters work together and none of them dies because um the cyborg is the main character so if he dies the game is over but if the cat dies then the cyborg is just gonna be lonely you know <laughs> is this your first year taking part in the flat yeah because we're second years um in the first year we have robocode and then in second year we do um games flat. so this is our first year here yeah. are you finding it so far i think it's actually really fun i get to see other game developers and how their game works and i love to see the different softwares that they use to build the games and everyone here is really friendly and nice and it's definitely an event that you should go to if you have free time yeah I'm we're speaking to uh, Brenda Romero as well, who was uh, talking about women in the industry as well. And is that something that you you want to stay in games development? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it is like a little bit challenging, but like um, I feel like if you work hard enough, you'll definitely go through it. And I definitely encourage more women to go into IT because it's a really really good field of work. And everyone is actually really really friendly, so like nobody's intimidating, nobody's gonna judge you at all. So like if you want to become a game developer, like please consider like joining this field. It's really really fun it's really great Ishka lovely to talk to you this morning best of luck and sorry I nearly knocked over your table so sorry about so leave just to finish up I mean it's it's a fantastic atmosphere as well and some really inspiring young people who are developing fantastic games yeah and we also have free games downstairs you probably saw Pac-Man yeah I spotted Street Fighter as well down there. and Pac-Man Street Fighter we have six Xbox X's playing FIFA we have Guitar Hero as well and one of my former students who's back uh, was very good at Guitar Hero, so I'm hoping to see him at, using it later. That came out in 2008. And we have the original Doom. So we have games from 82 to 2023 all downstairs as well for, for the general public to play. And then they can come upstairs and learn how they're made. Yeah, that's and how long will it run for or until today? Oh, it's today. It's What time are we shutting up? So uh, the public gaming stops at half one. The talk started at two. We announced the prize winners at four, and we put everybody in a bus at half four. And we <laughs> out the gap. And we out the gap at half four because a lot of people have two, two and a half hours in their buses. Yeah. People have got up very early this morning to be here. Yeah. So I think there'll be a lot of people snoozing on the way home yeah. in, their, in their buses. Liam, we wish you all the best with it. Thanks for having us here today. And hopefully we'll, we'll be able to announce the winners maybe tomorrow. Yes. If, if you let us know, there, yeah. there'll be press releases and photographs and the PR will go out at half four. Excellent. And they're certainly all worthy of awards here. So uh, from here, the, as I said at the beginning, a gamer's paradise here in Tucson. Thurlis, back to you in studio, Fran. Thanks very much indeed, Ali. And uh, that's uh, Alison this morning live from Tus in Thurlis at the Games Flat there. She knows far too much about gaming. Oh, I need to find out more when she arrives back to the office. 1800-938-007. Will you hear this? Um... One of our listeners says, Fran, I'm delighted to let you know that the HSE is at last up to date. My mother, who is dead for 28 years, 
and would have been 123 this year, got a letter yesterday offering her a bowel screen. That's him from Donald this morning. Incredible. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie 